Hi, my name's Emmy. And I'm Kayla. We've been best friends since college, where we found out we had a lot in common. We were both vibrant communications majors who met at a leadership camp. We've shared some of life's major milestones together, from living together in college, first loves and breakups, to each of our weddings, and now we even have our own families. I recently moved back from North Carolina after living there for four years. We now live in the same town again. One of the biggest things that's connected us have been our pasts dealing with trauma. I struggled with an eating disorder for a lot of my childhood and an early adulthood. And I was sexually assaulted by a family member over a long course of time as a young kid. We wanted to start this podcast not only to share our stories with the world, but to give other people the opportunity to share their stories and give them a voice. No matter your age, race, or gender, everyone has a story, and we're here to break down barriers constructed by today's taboo society. This is Motherful. Powerful moms, powerful topics. Well, hi there. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Motherful, Powerful Moms, Powerful Topics. And today we are going to focus on co-parenting. Whoop, whoop. Yes. So for many of our listeners who don't know, um, I am a bonus mom to two bonus kids. And that's a kind of terminology that I'll be using um, bonus mom, bonus son, bonus daughter. And then also for the other household, like bio mom, bio dad, those kind of terms, just so everyone is listening that can follow along here. First, you want to do your fun fact? Yes. I always sort of forget about that whenever we jump into our intros. Um, Let's see. My fun facts. Um, My birthday's coming up. Mm -hmm. This will be released way after my birthday, but my birthday is coming up here this weekend. Um. I don't really know what we're doing, but I'm thinking about getting an ice cream cake just because I can. Yeah. Okay. Well, your birthday, I think I was looking it up the other day. It's on a Sunday. Next, this coming Sunday. Yep. We will have a little get together when the kids come, make it a little bit more fun, as long as the weather permitting and sickness permitting. Yeah. You guys have been, we've actually, both, both of our household here has been sick this past week and a half. Mm-hmm. But you guys, I think, are taking it a little harder than we were over here. Yeah. Well, Corey, he has a fractured rib and a uh, torn cartilage from his MMA fighting. So that's also an issue right now. I was out shoveling snow this morning because he uh, can't. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my fun fact today is our eight-year friend anniversary. Yep. So eight years ago, we went on our Emerging Leaders trip retreat, and that's when we became friends. It is. Um, hmm, what is what is your favorite memory that we've gone through in the past eight years? Oh, my. There are too many. There are way too many. In this past year, our first recording of Motherful was fun. Because I remember we were talking about it for so long. And like, it's, like, it's just an idea at first. But then once it became more of a reality and the logo was created... The website, Facebook page was created. The topics were created. And then coming together and really, for the first time, talking about our stories and recording the podcast and releasing it, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, we actually, for a fun fact for everyone listening, we actually had kind of discussed maybe starting a podcast probably over a year ago before we actually started Mm -hmm. it when I was still living in North Carolina. I think back then, though, we were just kind of focusing more on it being a fun mom podcast. And now we've kind of transitioned into more of uh, serious topics. But Mm -hmm. I think it reflects better who we are, you know, 
I don't mm-hmm. really feel that I fit in with most moms. So trying to talk about mom topics isn't really like in my wheelhouse. Yeah. 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 Well, also fun fact, I have officially learned all the words to the song surface pressure and uh, we don't talk about Bruno in the new Encanto movie on Disney plus. Oh, that's fun. We watched that the other night. Yes. I like, I like that song that we don't talk about Bruno song. Mm hmm. Yes. Good movie. Look it up. If you guys haven't seen it. Disney plus. Yes. Yes. Not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you just want to dive right in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, we're going to kind of, I have a timeline here. <clears throat> some issues that I have been facing as a bonus parent, and then also some things that um, M has kind of gone through with her different parenting and family and life like that. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that bonus parent is most likely difficult for me at least it is than being an actual biological parent I there think that's are a lot fair. yeah like there's a lot more stresses there's a lot more conflict there's a lot more boundaries and there are a lot more times where I feel like a stranger in my own house if that wow. makes sense yeah well it like just the other day uh, my husband and I we got an argument over rules because I am a disciplinarian and I know yes. I shouldn't be but I am I like rules and routine so like bedtime is cool, like calm down time is seven, no more drinks, everyone brushes their teeth, bath time, and we calm down, watch a movie, read a story, and go to bed. Well, kids have other routines elsewhere. So that was kind of becoming a conflict of interest for everybody. And dad took over as he should, because he is the father. And I kind of just felt like a stranger, like I, what I felt and what I was, my goals for the kid at that point in time, like didn't matter. But we can get into that later. Yeah, I think it is important to to say here before we really dive deep into this is that we're not here to throw anyone under any buses. Everyone has their challenges, no matter what mm-hmm. side of the co-parenting relationship you fall on. So we're going to be talking about this, but we're not going to go into huge detail of the conflicts because uh, people can find this podcast pretty easily and you wouldn't want to get retaliated on in either way. And just because you think that you're doing the right thing doesn't mean that the other person agrees and doesn't mm-hmm. feel the exact same way that you're feeling about them that they're feeling about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so like one of the things that I really struggled with was just being in this role and how to deal with conflict because conflict is the number one thing. So I found these two books and I will give the titles here. The first one's called No One's the Bitch by Jennifer Newcomb Marine and Carol Marine, which is actually a bonus mom and ex-wife which is really cool. They wrote the book together and it's a 10 step plan for um, building the mother and stepmom bonus mom relationship. And so I read that book and that book really helped me with some things. And then they also wrote skirts at war, which is about a divorce mom and stepmom conflict. But one of the main things they focus on is the reason why there's conflict. And the top reason in both books was that most families or most society looks at family that mom and dad are always supposed to be together. And that's how a relationship and family should be. And when bonus mom or bonus dad steps in, they're breaking that normalcy, mm. so to speak. Which Just I Just going to throw in a fun that. fact here uh, with that fact. I think this goes a, well, a long while with it. I found out that 41% of first marriages will end in a divorce. 60% of second marriages also fail and 73% of third marriages fail and half of all U.S. children will experience their parent getting divorced. So that's really interesting 
were our society, as you said, mm-hmm. it's still very much traditional mom and dad. It's not the actual facts of the way that the children are being raised these days. I believe that. Like, there are so many, like, cases I have with work at Children's Services where we do what's called a family demographics page, and it lists who all lives in the house. And more often than not, it'll be dad, dad's girlfriend, mom's two kids, dad's two kids, their three kids they had together, and so on and so forth. Like, there's hardly ever a family where I walk in and it's bio mom, bio bio dad, and their kids. Yeah. But with that comes a lot of breached privacy, sometimes attacking public reputation. So, like... The first time I remember the first time I felt like I didn't have privacy in my own house was when my bonus son came home one day and he was saying how he went and told his mom how I run all day. And like at first, like I didn't think of nothing. I'm like, okay, yeah, I run all day. But I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what else does he notice that I do every day? What else is he telling people? Does he like does he pick does he mean like pick my nose sometimes? Is he going to go tell people that? Like, where's the privacy? (laughs) That's just an example. I don't actually pick my nose. So like I came very self-conscious. I was always being watched in my own house. Um, other conflicts for the, the bonus parents, there's a lot of legal issues, old baggage, and feeling helpless. Um, I know we didn't have to undergo legal issues until this past couple uh, coming year with get the kids starting school and everything. I don't know, sometimes you just, as a bonus parent, you get in the relationship and you wonder, like, am I the really the evil person? Am I the really the bad guy? Because I'm stepping in and becoming another parental figure for this family. And that's where the helplessness feeling comes in. Yeah, I mean, it is hard whenever you're adding in becoming the bonus parent and then you're having to deal with the bio parent. Like, I think I've mentioned this before. There's a reason that the original two parents are no longer together, but those Mm -hmm. reasons are still happening. Like, you're not separating and never seeing that person again. You're still having to deal with those same situations and issues every single day Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest when I first became into the bonus mom role I was very jealous like I thought she was just the most perfect human being like I'm not ever gonna amount to her and that was another one of the things that was talked about in the book was that the bonus parent often feels like insecurity and jealousy and a lot of anxiety like I looked up to her like she's younger than me and by all means but I still I looked up to her because I had to be like her because that's who the kids love and that's who the kids looked after so so I felt like I could never be as good as what she was so that makes sense it does and I think it's interesting too everyone's gonna have a different experience going through co-parenting your story is gonna mm-hmm. look very different from the next person's but you came into the kids' lives when they they were very very young mm-hmm. So it's going to look very different than someone who's coming into the role as a bonus parent when the kids are already like eight, nine years old. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My bonus son, he was just turning one and a half and my bonus daughter was three months old. So they were so they essentially know me their whole life. So it's, it's not it's normal for them. Like this is the every other week routine. That's just what they're used to. And right. that makes me sad because, I mean, I wouldn't want to move every other week. Yeah, we've already gone over your moving issues, though. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, would you want to move back and forth every other week and have, like, two different beds, two different clothes? And I noticed they're starting to recognize that. Like, my bonus daughter, she'll say, where is this one sweater? And I'm thinking, I don't think we have that sweater here. I think that's over at your mom's house. Or my bonus son will look for a stuffed animal he wants to sleep with. I'm like, no, you don't have one of those here. So that makes me sad that they're starting to realize that things are only at certain houses I mean that's a that's a plus and a like they will as they get older they're so young they're 
kindergarten and preschool age, they'll start. Mm -hmm. It's just a different way of living than you and I were Mm -hmm. both brought up. Yeah, true. And that goes into our top five co-parenting conflicts. Now, I did some research and these are also some of the top conflicts that a lot of blended families see. And with this day and age, number one totally makes sense. But it's introduction and use of technology. Mm -hmm. Which is a problem (laughs) even if you're not in a co-parenting relationship. Yes, like tablets, TVs in the bedroom, TV during meals, and technology as a use of supervision. That was actually one of the questions when I took my bio daughter to the doctor's office the last week was, do you use technology as a form of supervision? And I'm like, no. My TV I mean, can't watch my daughter. That would be funny that they even mentioned, said it like that, because what parent is going, going to admit that they're using the technology to baby? Like, no parent's going to answer yes to that question the way it is phrased. Yep. Technology became a very big conflict, not between um, myself and bio mom, but myself and my husband, because the rules were different at the other home. So he just wanted to spoil them and give them what they wanted, like what they had over there. But I'm like, no TVs in the bedroom and no TVs at dinner. And we're going to have family time. So that was a conflict at first, at least for us. But it's not so much an issue right now. But yeah, yeah and but then daily... mean, you did have to, you had to compromise a little bit on that too, yes. because I know both yes. of your kids have TVs in their rooms now. Yes, they do. They have, we, like I said, our routines that goes into another top conflict is daily routines. So our routine, like TVs are off at seven and they don't watch TV in their room unless it's like during the weekends, they have to have it on the weekends. And when our bonus son first started school, he was very dependent on the TV to go to sleep. But he wouldn't go to sleep. He'd stay up to like 11 o'clock midnight watching TV. So we had to like, okay, two months before school, TV was off at nine or three months before school was off at eight and so on and so forth until it eventually was that, okay, TV is turned off at like four or whatever. And it's dinner time. And that goes on to our daily routine. A third topic was medical emergencies, uh, when to go to doctors, when not to go to doctors. Uh, sick versus feeling sick. And a lot of people also don't see that there may be conflicts with medical responsibility, like who is in charge of the medical bills if when they come in or who yeah. pays for what. And that's the same thing with education. Uh, attendance at school can be a conflict if the parent, one parent is missing school on their weeks and it's not the other parent isn't missing school on their weeks. And then the truancy bill comes in or a fine comes in. Completing homework, making sure the kiddo has their homework done during the week. And studying at home, our bonus daughter, she loves homework. Like, if she doesn't have homework, she gets upset. It's so funny to me that they're actually giving homework to your kids because they're so young. Mm -hmm. I thought that I I don't agree with a lot of the U.S. education policies in public schools. But I know when I was living in North Carolina, my boss, Krista, her kids didn't have homework in elementary Mm -hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not nice. It's not graded. So it's not like a like a factor. If they don't complete it, they'll get in trouble. It's more or less just to practice like their spelling words or with our bonus daughter. It's just to practice her identifying alphabetical like alphabet letters, the uppercase and lowercase or identifying numbers. So more or less, it's just more practice to do at home to, to help what school what they're learning with at school. Because I know one of the top goals that the school has for our bonus son is that he should be able to read by the end of kindergarten. Gotcha. I actually did just listen to um, um, another mom podcast. It's called What Fresh Hell? And they (laughs) had a a guest on the show that was a kindergarten teacher. And he was explaining, this has nothing to do with co-parenting, but I thought this was really (laughs) interesting. But he was explaining that learning for kids, especially young kids, is a 50-50 split. 
50% is what he's teaching them in the classroom and 50% is what the parents are doing mm-hmm. when they're not at school. And that has, doesn't have to be a structure as much as in school does, but it's encouraging things that go along with what he's teaching yep, in the classroom. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm very much so a parent who supports the teacher in the classroom, but I like, I want to know how I can help and what I can do in the classroom. And I joined the PTO and Oh, you're a part of the PTO now? Yes, I joined. I started attending their meetings last Monday, last Monday. Oh, okay. You didn't tell me about that. Super excited about that. I I think we can both recognize that we are both PTO, PTA moms, but for maybe Mm -hmm. different reasons. I -hmm. think you are very invested in what the kids are learning and the different things in the school. I am very interested Mm -hmm. in helping with fundraisers and going on field trips. Yeah, well, that too. That too, I want to see who this like girl that my bonus son keeps talking about is and like sit beside him in the bus. Like, oh, is that the girl you like? Like, super excited about that. But embarrassing. Yeah, back on topic here. Yeah, back on topic. Um, the one of the last conflicts that a lot of people struggle with is following a court order if there's a court order in place, and then bad mouthing. I know a lot of blended families have their times where there is social media posting, bribing parentification of a child and there's just a lot of negative things going on between the uh, bonus parent and bio parent relationship and that's just a conflict that's always just going to be like a roller coaster like you'll have your good years and your bad years and that's what my book was saying like not to focus on the bad years to look forward and focus on the good years and that goes into some of the advice <clears throat> I have as a bonus parent and a lot of that I got from this book like these books like I said and from personal experience uh, be careful where you seek validation and one of the, what I mean by that is if you have something going on between your bio parent and bonus parent relationship and you go and you speak to somebody who bad mouths the bio parent and kind of gives you the negative validation that you're the only one that's right and that person is wrong, that's not appropriate. Like if you're struggling with your relationship, you need to go to someone who under, tries to keep you focused on being the medium person and understand that what they're seeing is not, well, not what you're seeing. But sometimes it's okay not to see eye to eye. And also the men's point of view. This is very important. This is something that I'm still struggling with. In the end of the day, they are his kids. I cannot be the disciplinarian for them. And he has the final say. If that, if that, I know a lot of people don't agree with that. I am their bonus mom, yes, so I can still have help. But he has the ultimate say. You probably don't agree with that. I... I mean, okay, I understand where that makes a lot of sense whenever you're first coming into the children's lives and first coming into Mm -hmm. that relationship. But at a certain point, like when these kids are, your bonus kids are, I don't know, 13, 15 years old, you've been in their life for how long? Mm -hmm. I feel at some point that should break down and you are just as much of authoritarian as their bio dad is. I agree. I think at one point we'll get there. But right now, I think they say the bonus mom or bonus parent plays a lot of roles during throughout their life. They are sometimes they're up front, sometimes they're in charge, sometimes they're in the back, sometimes they're just a cheerleader, and sometimes they're not there at all. So I think right now I'm just kind of on the back sidelines. I need to learn that the decisions that are made in this household need to be between my husband and I and keep and made together when it yes. comes to everything, all the kids. Like treat all the kids the same. I think an an interesting perspective from that is going to be as your daughter gets a little older, 
how it's going to look disciplining her versus disciplining the other two. Mm-hmm. Well, right now it's the same. They're all in timeout. They all go in timeout and she understands that. She understands like when we say timeout, we go to the timeout chair or we go to the timeout corner. So they all know they all get treated the same. Other advice is own your crap. I know I have done things or said things that may have upset the other bonus parent. And throughout the past year, I've been trying to be the middleman between the bonus parent and my husband, try to keep the peace, so to speak. And things were going really good. Like there was open communication and that is key. Communication and being open with everybody is definitely what's going to help make your bonus parent and bio parent relationship stronger. And we eventually came to the point where uh, right now the bonus dad or my dad, my husband, and bonus mom, bio mom. Oh my goodness, I'm getting my turn fixed up. <laughs> it's all right. We'll figure it out. They're doing what's called parallel parenting, and that's probably the most common parenting style blended families have. And for those who don't know, basically it's when each child or each family parents the child the best they can during the time they have them. So there are rules and things that she does at her house that may not be the same as our house, but she's got to do what works for her and we got to do what works for us. And that's how we avoid conflict, so to speak, or avoid stress between the households, because there can't just be one set of rules that are followed between both homes because she lives a different life than what we live. So parallel parenting has been working so far so good. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of blended family issues is parallel parenting. Yes, I was um, not a co-parent in a co-parenting relationship. Um, I, I do... However, knowing the facts and the statistics and being socially aware, my husband and I are both very consciously aware that it could happen at some point within our Mm -hmm. life. You know, we're not, oh, forever in fairy tales. Like, we're not those Mm -hmm. type of people. We're very realist. So Mm -hmm. when I was doing my own research, it is very interesting and very fascinating for me to learn this kind of stuff, but also be able to take a step back and that's why I haven't been doing a whole lot of talking in this episode because I don't want to seem like I I'm a know-it-all or anything because I'm not in that same role that you are. Mm-hmm. Something else interesting that I wanted to go off of whenever you were talking about owning your crap mm-hmm. is you can own your crap as much as you want, but the, all of the other parents in the relationship also need to own their crap. It can't just mm-hmm. be on one parent. True. I agree. I agree. Like with what you said, there has to be no blame, just accountability in the relationship. So yes, we can focus on what happened, what went wrong in the past and what we may think is going wrong in the relationship, but we can't put the blame on anybody. We just have to, the main thing is focus on the kids, like do what is best for the kids, not what is best to get revenge or to look like the better parent or to get a one hand up on the other parent. Just focus on doing what's best for the kids. And one of the things that I liked in the No One's the Bitch book is I gave um, some advice for either the bonus mom or the bio mom who really wants to fix the relationship. And one of the top things they said to do was to well, work on one issue at a time. So if communication is an issue, work on that first. Invite the other family to other parent to family functions, birthday or holidays. That's something like we all we always try to do. We always try to invite her to birthday parties or you know, if the kids are having a special event, like invite them over. I know I always make Mother's Day presents, Valentine's Day presents, Christmas, Easter, birthday, like making sure that they're not forgotten, so to speak. 
And then acts of, it just kind of goes into the acts of kindness thing. And then there was this recipe for kids drop-offs. A lot of blended families, when I say the word drop-off, they will exactly know what I mean. But it's the time and point where the kids are exchanged between homes. That is the highest time for conflict if there ever is one. But making sure that when the kids are dropped off, that everything is kosher. Everyone is trying to be nice with one another. Like everyone's being respectful to one another to kind of make the situation as less tense and less stressful as possible. Yeah, Krista, actually, she with her co-parenting relationship with her husband's son, bio mom, there is not the greatest communicator or anything. And Mm -hmm. drops off are, are pretty tense for them. Uh, one time they got it, did a drop off swap and they sh- like, I don't want to, I don't want to call anyone out, but <laughs> it was in the middle of winter and it was North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So winters are very different than up here in Pennsylvania, but it's the middle of winter and she has her son, the, the bio mom has mm-hmm. her son get out of the car and take off his jacket and things like she would not let him get out of the car with things that uh, she's bought him. Oh, that's crazy. No, we don't have issues like that. Mm-mm. That's crazy. I know I know blended families in my caseload who have that issue. Whenever the kids come to us, we always make sure to put like the outfit they came in, make sure we wash it, make sure we put it in a separate container or separate drawer from our other outfits so that we know, okay, when it's time to go back, like this is the outfit you wear, it's clean, it's ready to go. But we've never had the issue like, take off your coat, you're not giving it to your dad, blah, 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 blah. I just can't imagine being... I, I don't clothes are clothes. I don't see mm-hmm. why that which should be such an issue to me. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not in that situation, but I don't know. I feel like I would very much fall into the category of, oh, you came to my house wearing this outfit. It's going to go in the wash. It's going to go in the drawer. I'm not going to remember what you came in. Like, it's, it's, oh. I feel like that would be me. Like, I wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> well, see, I, put, I pick the kids outfits out the night before school and they help me pick out what shirt they want to wear. So like they have a drawer on their dresser where it's, their dress it's her school drawer so like our bonus daughter will have all her outfit and then her ponytails or her pigtails or her ribbons she wants to wear and her hair that day all laid out so they they kind of look forward it's like okay this is my last school drawer outfit for the day that means I have two more days to go back to mom's house mm-hmm. so but yeah I mean the relationship it's bonus parenting is very hard like I wouldn't wish it upon anybody because it is very difficult to manage the kids' feelings, your husband's feelings, the bonus parents' feelings, and then your feelings about yeah. the whole situation. But there is help. There is resources if you are looking to better relationship, if you're struggling. Like I said, The Skirts at War by Jennifer Newcomb Marine and then No One's a Bitch. They Both books have exercises and questions to kind of help you reflect and look back that um, a lot of people, when they start reading those books – the one introduction said they always go into the reading the book like thinking I'm the one that's always right and the bonus mom or the bonus bio mom is the one that's in the wrong. So it really kind of helps you open up your own eyes about things that you may be doing that may be hurtful or that the bonus like the bio parent that you're with may be doing that may be hurtful to kind of help change things around. I have a couple tips for succeeding in co-parenting here that I found that I don't think we've mentioned here that come from verywellfamily.com. Communication, obviously, mm-hmm. we are both communication majors, so we understand yep. the complexities of communication. It's very hard whenever you, and it goes into what you were saying, like thinking that you're always right, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to communicate thoughts and emotions with the other parents in the relationship. Yep. 
So if you feel like, oh, I have the best communication skills, I'm doing this, this, and this right, but then the other parents aren't willing to communicate their problems, their grievances, or come to the table with what they are also doing wrong, like, mm-hmm. the, it's just, it's it's messy, it's sloppy. Yeah, yep. And also, if the other person struggles with communication in the first place, because I know some people, they will communicate with pe- the the family only by phone, only by phone call. Other like only by FaceTime or by text message. And even by then, sometimes they still struggle with responding or answering in the first place. But yeah, I agree. Communication is key. The next tip I have is document everything. Even if you're not, if you feel like you are in the best co-parenting relationship that you could possibly have, there could become a point where that all shatters and falls apart. And Mm -hmm. you need to be able to draw upon certain conversations, certain doctor's visits, certain educational visits. You need to be able to have that. And if you're not in a great co-parenting relationship and it's going to be going to court, you need to be able to show evidence of X, Y, Z of what's going on in both households. Yep, I agree. I know you have a pretty in-depth binder of documentation that you keep between both households. Yep. Well, I, a lot of it is like doctor's appointments, what medication they've been on. And now with the kids both in school, well, I got thick binders, like, well, keeping most of their schoolwork. That's one of the things I want to make them a scrapbook for each year that they are in school. But yeah, I document and keep everything just in case. Keeping a set schedule or and or keeping an online calendar of okay, I have the kid this week, but they have Mm -hmm. this event going on that I would also like you to come to, or the doctor's appointment is on your week. Like you still need to know all of those things. Even if you don't have the kids, whatever your schedule is, you still need Mm -hmm. to know when the last time they went to the doctor was or when their football games are, you know, like you need to be able to, to figure all that out. You did go into talking about scheduling and being able Mm -hmm. to I don't know, being able to know what they're doing at the other, like that's hard, you know, mm-hmm. keeping them on the same schedule at both houses. It's impossible, but yeah. Yep. The biggest one that I think is so important. And I do this even with my husband is arguing in private. The kids don't need to know what's going on between all of the the arguments between the co-parents and the bio parents. Mm-hmm. They, and you don't want to parent blame or bad talk the other parents in front of the kids. Yes. Because like I said before, there is no privacy in your house when you're a blended family. Now, I don't mean like privacy in a bad way, but privacy in a sense that little ones are like sponges. They will soak up and absorb everything good and bad. I agree with that. Yeah, there's I an ha- example that I have wrote down here. It's not a co-parenting example, but it's, it falls in the same category. I had an aunt that when we were growing up, the, my aunt and uncle were from California. And we absolutely, my sister and I loved our aunt. We loved when she came around and she was fun to hang out with. And then when we got older, like high school age, we found out that no one in our family liked this aunt. So, like, it's important to let the kids be able to form their own opinions and their own relationships without being able to be like, oh, this person doesn't like this person, so I also don't like this person. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I know one of the things going along with that, like, not arguing is, like, what I said before, I tend to want to 
I want to play the mom role for all of the kids, like be like, okay, like keep be the rules, be the disciplinarian. But I know I can't be like my, one of my main goals as a bonus parent should be not being the disciplinarian, not being the role keeper, but helping the kids to have the best relationship that they can with their dad as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. I like your next one. Yeah. My next one here is sharing positive moments with the other parent. Uh, so an example of this would be like how you said that you do things for your the bio mom of sending her things on Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, all this and that. But mm-hmm. also being able to be say, oh, my the son came home this week and he colored a beautiful picture, like being able to share in mm-hmm. the same experiences, because that's still your like I know from your point of view, those kids are still your kids, even whenever you guys mm-hmm. don't have them. So if your son gets a, a an A plus on his spelling test, like that would really yep. excite you to know that. Yep. Well, he did. The first week that he had a spelling test, he got a A plus. So we the first thing I did was I took a picture and I sent it. So and the first day of school and our bonus daughter came home and she said she had a boyfriend. We video recorded her saying the boyfriend's name and how happy and giddy she was. And it went straight to bio mom because I understand like when when they're not here, like I always wonder what are they doing? How are they doing? Who are they with? Because there's going to be people that walking in the grocery store that they'll see and they will know that I will have no clue who they are. And that terrifies me. Like I will know everyone I know. Yeah, that. Same thing. Cameron took Luna one time to Dunkin' Donuts and in line in front of her, someone turned around and said, oh, hello, Luna. And I'm like, who the hell knows my child? Like, why are you Mm -hmm. talking to him? And it ended up being Cam's mom's fiance's mother. Oh, my goodness. So I'm like, I'm I don't like you don't know who your kids know. And especially in co-parenting relationship, you don't know who they know at their mom's Mm -hmm. house. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's not scary in a sense, like I don't trust who they see over there, but like, like you said, like just walk into the grocery store and this guy comes over and says, Hey Corbin, how are you doing? I'm just like, should I be getting my pepper spray out right now? Or should I be (laughs) running away? Like, who are you? But yeah, that that's terrifying. And it's scary. Like right now, like today's a snow day. What are they doing? Are they having fun? Are they playing? Are they doing their homework they're supposed to be doing? Are they like, that's just on their tablets? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so we're gonna go into some questions now because I'm great at questions and I I love to <laughs> to hear your stories. What is the dynamic between your daughter and their half siblings, her half siblings? Hmm. For the most part, it's great. They fight like siblings. They play like siblings. They call each like the, she calls our bonus daughter sissy and the only conflict I've seen with that was like when drop off days Carly she cries and screams and she gets very upset when they leave she doesn't understand that yet and the first night away she'll go and try to go wake them up from their rooms and she'll ask where they are so that's very hard and the only other thing that I've had a concern with was that sometimes my bonus kids don't call my daughter their sister they'll call her Kay's daughter, not their sister. And that kind of, con- it doesn't concern me, but it worries me. Like, wh- how do they view her? Like, is Do they not view her as a sister? Or is it just something that they're calling her for the sake of calling her because they hear someone else calling her that? But other than that, they are, they get along very well. They're inseparable. They fight, like, like I said, they fight like siblings. They play like siblings. 
they share germs like siblings. It'll definitely be interesting as they all start to get a little older to see how that all goes. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, Carly will grow out of crying and throwing tantrums whenever they leave. Mm But when they're, you know, middle school teenagers, it'll be, I think, hard, like, weird. What if they don't like each other, you know? Like, it's things I'm sure that run through your mind. Like, what if they don't all like each other and then... Carly is like, oh, the kids are they're gone for the week, you know? And- yeah, I hope she never has to feel that way. Like, I hope that she and her sister and brother, they're always close. Thought has run across my mind there. Now that you say, like, that scares me. Like, what if my kid, my, what if Carly doesn't like them when they get older? Or what they fight? Or, but for now, they're they're perfect. Like, their relationship's really good. And yeah, like I mean, I they're always gonna fight. You know, they're all pretty yeah. close in age. It's not. It's gonna always be there. But. Mm-hmm. An interesting dynamic, too, like, you have your daughter, and then you guys have bio mom, like, the mm-hmm. the kid's mom. Uh, Cam actually has an aunt that has, so she has two sons, and they both have separate dads. Oh, wow. And his aunt is now in another relationship that her fiancé also has two sons from two different women. So they have... Four bo- like bonus parenting relationships that they also have to deal with. Uh, and I did ask her about that, honestly. Uh, we were just there to see them a couple weeks, uh, days ago. And I asked her about it. And she doesn't, she said, you know, I've never really had much of issues with my boy's fathers, but her fiance and his, you know, ex-girlfriends, ex-wives, whatever they are, she said, that's a totally different thing. And it's just interesting Mm -hmm. to see, uh, like, I'm glad she doesn't have issues with her Mm -hmm. bio dads. But what if, what if you were in conflict with four extra parents? Oh Uh, my goodness. I'd have gray hair. Yeah. I think a, a part of that is though, that men in general, when it comes to parenting, they tend to step back and women in general, as a species, whenever they have little ones, their main goal or their design is to step up and be the mothering figure. And that's where the conflict comes in because like, I want to like be a mom. Like I don't want to take their mom's place, but I still want them to view me and respect me as like their bonus mom. And that's where I think a lot of the conflict stems with the evil stepmom bonus mom trend in society. It's just that all these women are trying to play the role and when other someone else does another parent does that's viewed as not staying in your place so to speak yeah which I get it I would very much struggle if Carly had a bonus mom I would very much struggle but I can't even say how I would act react if she had a bonus mom I wouldn't let that happen all right I have another question for you okay and my it's my therapist actually asked me this question a couple when I was going and in a really dark place if you could wake up tomorrow what would a perfect co-parenting relationship look like to you versus what you have now oh that's a trick tough one because things were going well there the first when august school started in august things were going so perfectly that i thought it was finally getting perfect like everything was the communication was key like i was the middleman between everybody so there was no conflict there was no struggle. I don't know. That's a real tough one. Because I'm sure if the roles were reversed, the bio mom would want me to change to be more like her and vice versa. Yeah, I think you guys are very different in your personalities and your 
way of thinking Mm -hmm. that it, it is hard to imagine both of you guys getting on the same page for mm-hmm. permanently you know yeah yeah but we all have the same goal like our same goal is to focus on the kids and make sure that they're happy healthy and they have everything they need and I think that if that is the goal of everybody then no matter how hard the relationship is it's it'll work out in the end not to be sappy but yeah it's true if you could go back to when you first entered into this co-parenting relationship when you first started dating your husband what advice would you give yourself then that you've learned now from co-parenting oh I have a really good answer to that one because I've wanted to do this for so long would be to ask the bio parent so if you're like a bonus parent or your bio mom ask the other parent out for a coffee or for like a lunch date get to know them first before meeting the kids if that makes sense That does make a lot of sense. So, like, I know that wasn't necessarily an option when Corey and I met because we dated for three, four months, and then he introduced me and the kids, and I didn't have no clue who their bio mom was. But if I could go back and change anything, it would be I wish I could have met her and, like, explained to her, like, who I was, what my plans were, and dating Corey, and really gotten to know her first. I think that would have changed everything. Yeah, I guess there wouldn't really be a a time limit sort of on that all happening. You know, you can't get a year into the relationship and then try to do that in the intro because at that point, you there's so much that has happened. Yeah, Yeah, there's not really a a, not I wouldn't say there's not a point, but the goals are different. Yeah. But yeah, that was something like then that's actually mentioned in a lot of the books like men should introduce the ex-wife and the new wife before meeting the kids. And he was very scared for me to meet the kids in the first place, just as a dad, which I commend him for because it would take me years to introduce anyone to Carly if anything happened. But yeah, that yeah. is a really interesting point that I don't know that we, we've, you know, discussed is when you're dating a new person like when is the right time to introduce that person Mm -hmm. to your kids because it could be a long-term you're getting married relationship or it could be a month and it's fizzled out you know it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to to gauge that and you don't want your kids to be exposed to a bunch of new people that you're dating if those people aren't going to stick around Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and one of the things that he did that I was one of the things that made me like fall in love with him more was that we didn't have around six months of us dating like we didn't have just him and I dates we had kid friendly dates so I remember we would come over and we'd make play-doh out of peanut butter or we'd watch a kid movie and have popcorn because he still got the kids every other week so we would have planned dates whenever the kids would come over so that not only could Corey and I learn more about each other but we could learn more about the kids too which is really fun yeah, that was a t- that was a good question. But that uh, looking back, that's always something I want to do. Like, let's just start over and let's have let's go out for lunch, and I'll explain to you like everything, and you can explain to me everything, and it'll all work out and be better. I would always hope, and I'm sure that you wish it could be this way. And a lot of like, there's so many different factors, but you mm-hmm. see certain co-parenting relationships that the the bio mom and the the bonus mom are like best friends mm-hmm. and they they hang out and they do stuff and like that's I think the the best case scenario that you could ever envision is really getting along with this other parent mm-hmm. so that it's not just for the kids it's also a new relationship a fun relationship for yourself mm-hmm. yeah and that's like 
I would love that, honestly. I think it would annoy the heck out of Corey, which would be a bonus. <laughs> but I, I think the kids would love it because there was, like I said, like once school started, there was actually a time we had a play date. And it was awesome. We made shirts. It was wonderful. Like, I actually felt it was so, I think, I mean, I still think it is kind of like that right now. But just being able to see how happy the kids were that everyone was here and everyone was having fun together, that was truly, like, that was amazing. But I think it's just a time-dependent thing. So there, like I said, there are good days and bad days, good months and bad months. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's not possible. I just think maybe it's still in the works. Yeah, I mean, you are in in all respects. You are so really new at this. Mm-hmm. And two years, four years, eight years is going to look very different than what it looks like now. Whenever you're only mm-hmm. what three ish, four years into it, mm-hmm. it'll definitely be interesting to look back. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I'm sure it's the same way now. Like whenever you look back to when you guys first started dating and getting together and getting married, like it's, it's so easily changeable. So constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. But there's no good advice. There's no good, bad thing, wrong thing to do. Well, there and are wrong, wrong there things are, to do. There are wrong but. things to do. Yes. To no social media, shaming, no bribing. Yes, the kids. absolutely. I, I feel like it's just a rule in general. Do not air your dirty laundry on Facebook with anyone. Yeah. Is what I would, that would be my advice. Like yeah, we will I mean, always, we will I, always try to make things work for the kids. Co-parenting is else? hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Co-parenting is hard. Regular but parenting is it. hard. Christ. Yes. But it is <laughs> all worth is it. hard. <laughs> but it's all worth it. It is all worth it in the end. The little, the little moments where they come up and give you a hug and they say goodnight and love you. Like that's, that's when it's, it's worth it. Or they hide a Nerf gun under your pillow full of bullets because they are going to plan a sneak attack on you and want you to still be prepared. That's a that's a good moment. <laughs> Found a Nerf gun under my pillow the other day. Was there anything else that you want to say about co-parenting before we sign off here from this episode? Uh-huh. Never give up. Always try to make it work. And I'm a firm believer in using the terms bonus. Yes. Instead of step. The whole step parent, step dad, step mom. I just society has given it such a negative viewpoint. Bonus parent seems more appropriate because essentially you are you're an additional parent to bonus. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe I'll cut this out, but I also we did I did not mention my personal uh, grievance with the whole co-parenting is when a uh, relationship is co-parenting 50-50, you know, even if they, they mm-hmm. don't have 50-50 time, 50-50 money, 50-50 support, whatever it may be. But the one parent also still claims to be a single mom or a single dad, even when it is 50-50. Like, that kind of bothers me. You're, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you, you should classify yourself as a single parent in that situation because you're still getting so much support from the other parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it's a 50-50 job. Like a single parent, like when you say single parent, I think, okay, like it's a husband whose wife's passed away right. or a husband whose wife is no longer in the picture and doesn't see the kids at all. Like that's what I mean. Right. Like they live states away. They system. don't see the kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's that's a big difference saying you're a single parent whenever you don't have spousal or other parent support versus saying you're a single parent and you're just a parent and you are single. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. still get tons of support from the other parent. Yeah, I agree. 
And that's one thing I really like about, uh, I, this isn't kind of like a topic, but about the relationship between Corey and his ex, like throughout the years, no matter the conflict between them, no matter the, if it was a good day or a bad day, they always supported each other still for the sake of the kids. Like yeah. if there was diapers were needed or money was needed or an article of clothing was needed, like they, no matter what, they always supported one another for the sake of the kids, which that's very inspiring too. If yeah. parents can do that. Yeah. Well, you're not supporting. That's supporting the, the kids as much as it is supporting. the. I think you should still always want what's best for the other person mm-hmm. just because it didn't work out between the two of you. Yeah. I mean, they're still the dad. They're still their mom. Yeah. Like, there's no getting rid of that. But yes, come at us with your comments, good or bad, about co-parenting or any suggestions, tips, advice you have. Definitely check out those two books. Again, they're Skirts at War and No One's a Bitch by Jennifer Newcomb Marine. They are very good to read if you are in a co-parenting relationship and just want some extra advice. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, A Motherful Podcast, and we have a new Instagram page, Motherful underscore podcast, I think is the name of that one. And we did just get a new feature where you can now listen to our podcast directly from our Facebook page. So I'm pretty excited about that. And we just want to keep spreading our wisdom and our knowledge because we want people to know that we're just like you. We're, we're normal small town people and we're, we're just moms and we're just trying to get through all of society's taboo subjects. Yep. This is powerful moms. Powerful topics. Powerful mom. (laughs) Motherful, powerful mom's powerful (laughs) topic. There we go. All right. Bye. Bye.